Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hi, this is Allison Court, better known as Claire Redfield. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Dan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. This is Laura Summer from Real Golf Sucker. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, and you probably know me better as the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince. And you are listening to Chris and Alan. Chris and Alan, the sexiest beast in the UK. You're listening to Alan and Chris. You're listening to Chris and Alan. You right now are with Chris and Alan. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. 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 Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Dudes. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 64 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, and finally, is... And uh, finally? Yes, and finally. Oh, right, okay. Because you've been unwell. I have been unwell, that's why recording has ceased, and YouTube videos have ceased. You've you've barely managed to get yourself back in semi, you know, talkative manner. because even Chris was saying, like, I could still hear it in your voice yesterday, and I was like, oh, right, okay. He sounds a bit more manly. Whereas I'm trying not to cough now. So if you hear cough, it's because I've got bronchitis. Not like I've been smoking or anything. But as a wise woman said, anybody got time for that? Uh-huh. By the way, it is Chris Vint. Everybody, we didn't get to your name. Yeah, that is right. So if you've been listening to us from episode one and now through to Nintendo 64. Oh, wait, no, it's not. As Alan said, it would have been a good idea to have a Nintendo 64 special on this one, but we didn't think that far ahead. But we are going to be talking about Nintendo in this episode. So and Commodore 64 out. games as well. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but, but we are talking about Nintendo in this episode because um, Chris didn't unfortunately get to go to uh, an event in London which I went to the Eurogamer Expo no I had to work in self FIFA all day yes because it was uh, FIFA 14's big launch Chris had to stay and work it and do the midnight launch and all that shenanigans but do eat in the morning oh and eat in the morning lovely yeah Um, but uh, I went off to London to Eurogamer Expo um, the UK's uh, well, current form of what we went to a few years ago, Game Fest. Um, not organised by the same folks, but it's the same sort of idea. All the upcoming games and such over the coming months and year for you to sit down and play. Um, we'll just start rambling then. Well, we'll start with um, whenever you got there, what were your initial thoughts while queuing to get into the arena? Well, it was an early start for the day, so by the time uh, we reached Earl's Court, I'd probably been up for about five hours, so it was a long start to the day. Um, Arrived and walked, we had to walk along the side of Earl's Court, and as we approached Earl's Court, there was a queue of people right in front of us, and I was like, 
alright, this must be everybody that's queuing up for the 11am normal entry. Yeah. And because I got a text from our friend Robbie Rebel um, saying that he'd been there and he was up the other end of Earl's Court and press has to go up the other end of Earl's Court. And I was like, alright, okay, no problem. That's, you know, this is the... Sorry, this sounds awful, but this is the normal people line. Yeah. And I have to go up the other end to get to the press queue. And I keep walking and keep walking and keep walking up the side of Earl's Court and the line keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And then it just... Get to the front of Earl's Court, see Robbie, meet Robbie, and the queue just turns left and goes into the building. And I'm like... And I'd been told before I went that there was going to be a press queue, specific press queue. Yeah. And I go to Robbie. Robbie, where, where, where's the press queue? And he says, that's the press queue? And I was like, no, 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 no. I said, that can't be the press queue. That's the that's normal ticket entry queue. Yeah, because there's no way you can have that much press. Yeah, exactly. And he says, no, I've already asked the girl. She says, everybody has to queue in that line. Oh, fun. So that was a nice start. Now, I'm not going to go hard and heavy on this, but I'm going to give you, you know, both sides here, the good and the bad of Eurogamer. So... That was a bad start, as you can no doubt expect, arriving yeah. and being told, right, yeah, you have to get in this line that goes down to the back of the arena, the whole length of the arena. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, my automatic head goes, this was not anywhere like this at Game Fest. Oh, no, Game Fest was, even though it was the first time that I'd done that, it was so well organized. Yeah, I was like, there was a regimental setup at Game Fest, the press got in, it was basically dead, you got the quick run of things so you could go play what you wanted quickly, get your reviews done, all that. Whereas I was like, I'm getting told to go in a queue that you know, I was due to go in at ten AM an hour before the normal ticket holders. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, cool, I would get in, I would get around a few games before the public came in. And basically I'm being told you're gonna have to wait in a line that probably you won't be inside until half eleven anyway. That's ridiculous. So what did this guy do? He queue jumped. I jumped in the queue about 20 people back and everybody was happy enough. I just said, breath were told that we had to jump in the queue here and they're like, yeah, no worries, buddy, come on in. <laughs> it's like, understanding people. Yeah. Great. So, got in the building um, within about 10 minutes then. So it wasn't too bad. But, secondly, again, to continue on, my expectation was I'd walk in the building and be greeted with the view that we had at Game Fest. Yeah, because you kind of go in. Of emptiness. Just, yeah. And yeah. quietness. Yeah. And I walk through the main doors into Earl's Court and it's just madness. There's people everywhere. I was like, how is there this many people here? So literally it was a case of there are probably, I think, early people, there was about, probably about 10,000 people there in. And I'm like, how is this an advantage to the press Yeah. to come in and get their job done? Like, I know we're nowhere near on the level of, you know, likes of official Nintendo magazine or those sort of people yeah. that really, really would need to 100% be in there and get the run of things before the public came. But, like, nobody would have had a single chance of getting to play a game early. It was literally, you were in and you were queuing. Yeah. So... That was a bad start, let's just say, and um, there was the whole thing was probably compounded by the fact that the Call of Duty folks were giving away 500 free copies, the Prestige Edition of Ghosts, 
So everybody was running around like madmen originally at the beginning to go, oh, where's the Call of Duty stand? Where's the Call of Duty stand? So that probably just didn't help at all. Uh-huh. And then word started to spread throughout the day that uh, when people were waiting to get in, they were kept in the sort of underground maze of Earl's Court before being brought back up to the entranceways. They were crammed in. The best description I, when I talked to a few people was they felt like they were cattle. And uh, people were having panic attacks and you know collapsing and all this sort of stuff so basically it's like being at a concert and then you just you know the stand arena mm-hmm. and just everyone's squashed in together yeah. but, but with, in a smaller but, scale but you have to remember like Earl's Court is a really really old building yeah it's been there f- you know for what a couple of hundred years I think it's a hundred and something years old anyway at least and you know, it's not built to the same standards as modern buildings in the sense that the underground passageways that you would find in a modern arena yeah, be nice and big because they have to accommodate modern machinery, all this sort of stuff coming in. Whereas this is from like, you know, early 1900s Victorian times and the underground walkways are absolutely tiny and the roofs are really low as well. Oh, great. So not only have you got that sort of crammed in sort of thing, now luckily I managed to avoid that. Yeah. But not only have you got the whole cramped in thing, but you've got a low roof as well, and there's no air conditioning, no nothing, so no wonder people were passing it yeah. and stuff because of the heat. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have been able to cope with it. No, you wouldn't have. But luckily, if you know, you'd arrived at the same time as me, and you would have got in fine, so you wouldn't have been too bad. Yeah. But um, that was a bad start, and then there was also word that. Uh, some boy got mugged for his Call of Duty, uh, his free Call of Duty game as well. So, again, you know, this is sounding very, very negative here, but I want to get the negative stuff out of the way before I actually talk about the really, really good stuff. You know, this is just a small portion of uh, the event. Um, and then the press, you know, the stuff for press was, to be honest, terrible. Um, whereas with, again, kind of I feel bad kind of harping on about GameFest but GameFest you had a dedicated staff room where you could go in you could drop your bag you could leave your bag behind you wouldn't have to worry about carrying it or doing anything like that there was you know plugs to charge your equipment your phone all that sort of stuff and you could leave it and not worry about it at all yeah. whereas the press area um, now I heard things changed a bit for the second day but the first day uh, which was the only day I went to try and use it um, the second day I just changed my pattern of how I was using my phone and other stuff for taking pictures and videos and things um, but on the first day literally you walked up to the press area and they're like uh, yeah you're only allowed in here if you actually have an interview organised with a member of the games industry oh wonderful and I was like right okay what happens if I want to go in sit down for five minutes out of the hustle and bustle and send an email or something along those lines no you have to have an interview organised I was like, no, that that's 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 not quite right, and I eventually went later that day and you know queried it on Twitter as well. Um, you know, was this right? And they came back and said, no, that's not right at all. You know, the press area is meant to be used for all members of the press to go in and sit <coughs> down and do what they want, be it sending an email or having an interview. So that was a bit of a horlicks on the first day. It's fair to say, first day organization totally bad, but. Day two and onwards was a lot better for their organisation. Um, the thing that they got wrong on day one was that they kept everybody outside until 10 o'clock on the dot. And then everybody was like, well, the vast majority of people were like, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, ran in, stampede. Yeah. Bad move. 
Second day, day two, they learned from that and started bringing people into the building from about, I think it was about 20 past nine, uh-huh. bringing them in phases. Now, everybody didn't get into Earl's Court itself to play the games until 10, but they were bringing people in slowly and calmly, and there was a lot more security and stuff yeah. like that. That was meant to be a big part of it, yeah. The first day as well, there wasn't a lot of security, and everything went a lot more smoothly the second day. Like I said, I didn't really go to use the press stuff on the second day because I was kind of annoyed with the first day, but yeah some bad things in the setup but we'll go on to the positive stuff and, and that is also you said that uh, 2k games weren't there yeah 2k games weren't there for some weird reason um i'd been emailing with a contact from 2k games saying yeah if you're going to Eurogamer expo we'll set up a you know opportunity for you to play the game and then there was no 2k games and i was like what um i don't know whether they were ever actually scheduled to be here or that was actually the guy from 2k just being really really nice to me and saying if you're in london come and meet us and i'll let you play the game sort of thing or what the story is but considering uh wwe 2k14 has been at all the major comic cons at the comic cons games cons yeah the last number of months you know gamescom <coughs> Germany, gamestop expo <coughs> vegas you know it's been at the all these ones yet for some odd reason it was not at uh eurogamer expo it seemed a wee bit weird, um, but um, it wasn't the end of the world for me anyway because there was tons and tons and tons of other stuff um, to play. Um, we're going to follow the same format here that uh, now that all the negativity is over. Um, smiles, everybody. Um, we're going to follow the same format that we did way back in our Game Fest episode, and that is I have the, uh, would you call it a program or would you call it an expo guide? don't know um program guide yeah Eurogamer program guide (laughs) um which has i'm going to use the map but it has a list of all the games that were there so i'm just going to go through the games one by one and give uh give a quick opinion on uh the ones i have played now there's some more obscure ones or some that the queue was just too long that i didn't get a chance to play um, I don't think this is going to be anywhere near as long as our Game Fest episode because well, the Game Fest episode went nearly three hours, didn't it? Yeah, it's because we were both there. Because we were, we're both, both there, there yeah. whereas I wasn't there, so I'll be a case of, oh, Alan, what did you think of this game? Well, Chris, I thought this game was poop, or I thought this game yeah. was good. Whereas you'll just be able to chip in with, like, oh, right, okay, yeah. yes, what? Um, posh accents for the win there. But yeah, first game on the list is Backman. 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 See, That's it's you. It's you start, from you saying this before we started recording about. I always get that wrong, and it's just automatically been in my head. Don't get this wrong. Yeah, I always get origin, origins, and orange. Oh my God, origins and oranges, the fruit yes. mixed up, and then you've just made. I thought this Batman. was like. I thought this was like Pac-Man as Batman. I know, Pac-Man. Uh, but it's Batman Arkham Origins. That's <laughs> <laughs> you for making me stumble on this now. But yeah, uh, this uh, was really, really fun. The queue for this was long enough, but um, you know, it was slightly different to a lot of the other ones, whereas um, they had a lot of the other stands had everybody coming in waves. Yeah. You all sat down at the same time, you all played the game at the same time, and then you all finished at the same time, and off you went. Then they brought a whole new wave in, which felt the que- you made the queues feel like they were going faster. Yeah. Whereas with Batman, it was basically one at a time, and eventually when you finished the demo, you left. So it was one people at a time. You're like, oh, come on, come and get yeah. you know, come and get going. Um, but no, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I think 
only had to queue for Batman maybe for about 20 minutes so it wasn't too bad um, but played it very very good uh, graphics are just as good as it has been with uh, what was it uh, Arkham Arkham City uh, was the last one so <coughs> it was really really good um, you got to see a bit of a variety in the demo you got to see Bane you got to see Joker and Joker blew up a building which was pretty awesome um, Mark Hamill as always is on top form but the gameplay is exactly what you're used to from Arkham City and um, if it ain't broke don't fix it well yes this is true but the thing is this game isn't developed by Rocksteady the last two have been developed by Rocksteady yeah. it's some other studios doing it now it's still Warner Brother games but um, from playing it you can't tell that it's not a Rocksteady game anymore because they've obviously you know the way they can just you know the way Ubisoft have different branches in different cities yeah or they just like they've just went. It. they've just went here's the engine yeah. go and use it you know tweak it a wee bit if you want but it's not going to change a great deal so no the fighting style all that is exactly the same as it has been in Arkham City and uh, Asylum so you have nothing to worry about that uh, that's coming out I think isn't it the, towards 20th, the end of October 25th of October yeah end of October so um, it's going to be definitely one I'd recommend for everybody to pick up because it's uh, quite awesome is this one you're going to be interested in getting or would it be one that you'll maybe get eventually down the line um, well I did enjoy I did enjoy the uh, Batman Arkham City game mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it'll not be one that I'll get straight away it'll probably yeah. be one that I'll wait until it goes on offer mm-hmm. or uh, wait until like next year because there's so many games coming yes. out um, it's just a case of trying to prioritise yes. um, which ones actually want well, to this, get well this is the thing because there's so much you know as usual coming up in the run up to Christmas time <clears throat> You know, you've got the new Pokemon games coming out in the next uh, week or so, and then you've got the main run-in with the new consoles coming out as well. That's going to be a uh, big, uh, you know, amount of money going out for people. Yeah, especially the 2DS coming out the same day as Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon 2DS, yeah. Exciting. I played a 2DS at Expo, we'll really talk about it in a bit. Um, but I think the thing that isn't going to do... Well, I might do them a favour and it might not. Um is that Origins isn't going next gen. It's only going to be 360 and PS3. There's a lot of games like that, because WWE yeah. is like that. Um, so I I could see it being one that will be brought out at some stage, mm-hmm. you know. but I know they are bringing it out on the Wii U, mm-hmm. um, which is probably be as close to yes. next gen as they're going to get then. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this is just going to stick with the current gen, which, in my opinion, isn't overly a bad thing, because... I think it might get drowned in the craziness that's going to be the next gen if it went to it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's maybe a smart business move. It's best for business for Batman. Um, you, well, I had to get that joke in, didn't I? Yes. Uh, next up on the list is Beyond Two Souls. I didn't play it, but I saw uh, it being played. It looks alright. Um, it's apparently going to be getting edited for Europe though to get a 16 rating so it doesn't get rated 18 there's like one tiny scene it's only meant to be like 10-15 seconds of gameplay mm. but it has to get edited to get a 16 rating in the UK which I think is a wee bit anal Ugh. you know if the UK over 10-15 seconds you know 10-15 seconds isn't going to make that big of a deal now for goodness sake I don't know what that 10-15 seconds is yeah but you wouldn't think it'd be that bad really to warrant going from a you know from a 16 up to an 18 but goodness knows with the way the UK uh, works uh, didn't see the bureau 
Um, oh, the Bureau of Walk has been out for ages. I know. Nineteen ninety nine at the minute. That's how good that game is. Uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. I think um, it's fair to say that this was extremely popular. Yeah, as it always is. Um, again, I didn't bother to go play it because it's Call of Duty. You know what the score is. I'm not a big Call of Duty guy. I got to see you know footage of it going and on. It looks lovely, but at the end of the day, it's Call of Duty. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. <coughs> you know. Those will have their mindset already if they're buying it or not. Yeah, where some people may have jumped on the Battlefield 4 bandwagon because exactly. it looks something different. Battlefield, though, it was reasonably impressive, but we'll get to Battlefield a bit later because it was an 18 plus section, yeah. Um, Caribbean was in like the res section, it's like an indie game. Um, can you guess what it's about or where it's based? Um, I'm going to say it's based in Scotland and it's to do with Loch Ness Monster. You're correct. It's based in the Caribbean, everybody, if you're wondering. Um, but yeah, it's an indie game. The res section at Eurogamer was where all like the indie stuff was in the arcade. And then there was a retro area as well, <laughs> uh, which was pretty cool. I played uh, the original Doom on a really old PC. It was quite entertaining. Oh my god. Uh, it was a hell of a trip back through memory lane. Uh, then you had Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. Um, What's that? Like on... What's that coming out on? Is that the consoles or 3DS? 3DS. <laughs> so it is. Um, it was decent, so it was. Um, they were giving you like a thing that if you actually managed to complete the demo, you got a t-shirt. Whereas a lot of people were dying in the demo because there was like platforms towards the end of the demo and uh, they were like falling off the you know things because they were trying to get to the end too quickly. So there wasn't that many people getting uh, t-shirts handed out at that. Mm. But it looked okay for a 3DS game. It was uh, it was pretty decent. Um, next up is the crew, which is one having been announced at E3 that uh, I got very very excited for, and uh, I think it's fair to say um, a vast majority of other people as well have got excited for it, simply because it's this whole massively multiplayer online of uh, kind of Fast and the Furious style cruise. You, know, you get your crew together and you can go and do various missions. There's single player, but there is also just the whole massively multiplayer uh, side of the story as well. And uh, it's done by Ubisoft, so um, everybody's got quite excited about that. It's kind of been a wee bit mixed with the crew. I enjoyed it. I thought it was decent enough and it's still early enough days for it. But there was other people that weren't 100% sure on it. I think maybe I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt in this because as I explained to Chris before we recorded, um, it's setup was very very weird at the event um, in that it was being run on a PC because like there was keyboards out in front of the TV screens yet um, people were playing it on Xbox 360 controllers which makes perfect sense yeah um, that you're playing a next-gen game on the old controller through a PC so that's one thing I didn't actually bother to ask is are you running this to Xbox One specs or PS4 specs or whatever if it's Ubisoft I would have expected them to be running PS4 specs but why would you use an Xbox controller then um, so that was a bit of a cluster in that aspect but no graphics did look very very good and uh, I would like to think by the time it's released it'll be uh, very much more refined and uh, be one to pick up um, next few here just I didn't uh, go near because I wasn't in the indie section a great deal. You had Defense Technica, Democracy 3, Dr. Kovorak, 
and Dream. Uh, then we had um, Drive Club in the PS4 uh, area. Um, I got to play it on day two. Drive Club was actually quite a lot of fun. So it was um, for being you know a new intellectual property. Yeah, and obviously it's one that you get free if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Yeah. But it's you. Know, it's kind of like a it's like a fifty percent sort yeah. of one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. This is this is the way a lot of games are going to go. I think where it's going to be like you'll get the basic for this, and then if you want the full thing, you'll um, pay a bit more. But if they're, I think if they were to do that with some games, like you know, say here you get this game for ten, fifteen pounds, and then if you want to go the full thing, pay another ten pounds or something like that. Yeah. Think, give people an idea. You know, with the way uh, everything is and money's tight with people, you know, if they want to play the game, they can play the game for a wee bit of money. But we'll see. Um, first thing I have to do is sort of digital download prices on the PSN store sure, asking not, 50 quid for games you not see how much skills going to be to download what like 60 quid no how much memory oh I gig 50 yeah <laughs> so that's going to be huge yeah needless to say thank goodness you're going to get a reasonably sized hard drive what is it but you're, you're only getting a 500 aren't you yeah. yeah so it's like a tenth of your hard drive gone yep and the thing is of that 500 gigabyte hard drive how much of that's going to be the operating system oh, probably 50 gig gone already on your operating system yeah so yes, that'll be fun. Uh, in other words, disc still isn't going to miss out. Um, then we have, uh, again in the indie section, you had Droid Assault and you had Aodor, uh, Masters of the Broken World. Um, but uh, the next big one on the list was Elder Scrolls Online, um, which is coming to consoles, for, so everybody who's an Elder Scrolls fan can get very, very excited for that. Um, didn't play it because the queue was actually ridiculously long. And I was like, if the queue hadn't been as long, I would have went and jumped and had a wee go because I've played Skyrim and all. But simply because the queue was so long, I was like, I know what it's like. I know what it's going to be like. I'll give it a bye-ball this time. Apparently there's talk that you won't need Xbox Live in order to play that online because it's a subscription-based. Yeah. Because then you'd have to pay for your Xbox Live and, and pay your for your membership. So I think a bit bogus. Yeah, I think it's kind of what the... <clears throat> you know like the, with the PS3 with Final Fantasy online that you don't need to pay for that yeah. and apparently did you hear that they refunded a lot of people I heard about that yeah the, there was, wasn't any servers available yeah bit poor that wasn't it like um, FIFA 14 next on the list now um, they didn't have the normal 360 versions or anything like that because it got released over that weekend that Eurogamer was going on so what would be the point of having it there um it was on demo in two different places. It was in the PS4 area and the Xbox area as well. Uh, Xbox didn't have a lot of screens, nor did PS4 for you to play it because, well, obviously they're going to want to try and demo some other stuff than just FIFA. Um, but I really, really did notice a dramatic difference between, you know, the Xbox graphics, the, you know, the normal Xbox graphics, Xbox 360, and uh, the next gen graphics. Yeah. Um, you know, haven't seen footage of both of them. And um, the big thing that stands out to me about the next gen FIFAs is it's the finer details. You know, yes, you know the players look great and all that, but it's actually the background. You know, the likes of the arena and the crowd, the movement of the players. I've yeah. heard as well. Yeah, it's very. The big thing that's came out of these next gen consoles is graphics <sighs> are nice, but it is lovely and smooth. There's no herky jerkiness sort of of you know sudden movements. But yeah, the big thing out of FIFA was the arenas and the crowd. You know, they aren't these sort of cardboard men anymore. 
that are doing like these like three movements and they're moving like a robot. You know the way WWE games have been the yeah, last number yeah, of years where yeah. you they're just these blur blocks. <laughs> it's just like what is this? Blur but you could really see it in FIFA 14 because like when I was queuing to play Knack on PS4 and uh, people were playing FIFA you know, beside it and I was watching it and there were people having penalty shootouts and you can just see the crowd behind the net and you're like that is that is very very good so yeah if you have your FIFA 14 and uh, you're going to go next gen then you can just uh, take it back and trade it in and get it upgraded for a tenner uh, if you want because to be quite honest for the graphic upgrade it'll actually be quite worth it um, FIFA 14 then you had Final Fantasy 13 which whatever uh, <laughs> that's a bit cruel by me um, Forza Motorsport 5 um, they had a big developer session uh, for this and uh, it went down very very well uh, the Forza 5 stand as well was pretty awesome because they had um, the cover car there you know the one that came out during E3 up onto the stage Yeah, that car it obviously is getting carted about everywhere um, it looked very very good but it was covered in dust it was like well done guys you know well, way, way to maintain the car yeah but no yes Forza Motorsport 5 was fantastic it was really really good um, it really showed off um, again the power of the next gen consoles of what all goes on the just the, it's the again it seems to be that we keep going to this point that's the finer details seem to be the stuff that's kind of been improved with these next gen consoles because a lot of the stuff that you noticed in the older games was the likes of the shadows of the cars and like the trees at the track and all they were all pixelated and stuff and it was like especially with the likes of Gran Turismo's as well from a game like Gran Turismo that you expect so much from graphically that it, you know you get pixelated shadows of your cars and all that it's just like a bit of a letdown but uh, no Forza Motorsport 5 very very good again it's going to be one that uh, a lot of people will no doubt pick up at launch on uh, their Xbox Ones uh, Funnily enough, moving on to Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo 6 was also there. Um, it's only going to be PS3 at the moment, um, but see, I've been playing it, you wouldn't realise it's not a next-gen game. Like, it's What's this, sorry? Gran Turismo 6. Oh, right. You really wouldn't realise it's not a next-gen game at all, because it, it's, it's, it's amazing, and you can, you can actually tell they've really overhauled it, because having played it, um, <laughs> I started a race, and literally, you know, I'm... I've been a big Gran Turismo uh, player over the years, and would like would like to consider myself reasonably good at playing it. <laughs> I get in the car and uh, you know adopt my normal sort of racing manner and go flying straight on at the first corner. Yeah. And spin because the way the car the car setup is just so different to what it has been. It's so much more real. You will not get away with it. Like literally, if you slam that accelerator going round. A corner now in a car that has so much power you're going to spin out but it was nice after a race or two i got used to it and it just felt so much better playing it so um it is only going to be ps3 um but uh, yeah very very enjoyable for that um infamous second son uh didn't play it but saw it again graphically it looked uh phenomenal uh, you had Infinite Crisis, then you had Injustice Gods Among Us was still there, even though it's been out for a while. Oh my god, that's been out for years. Yeah, um, in the Nintendo section you had Bayonetta 2, which is a Wii U exclusive. Exciting. 
What's that? Buying out a two Wii oh U exclusive. God, you can get that now. I can. You can get that now. You have a Wii U. I can hardly wait. And there was a girl walking around dressed up as Bayonetta, and it was awful. I'm sure. <laughs> it I actually saw, was scary. I saw the somebody posted something to do with people bunking the queue for a college Duty and somebody dressed as Misty, and let's just say it would have been nasty. Would have been Misty if Misty had just gorged on food. <laughs> That's the polite but way. But no, of it, it was terrible. Now I think. There was a girl dressed up as Bayonetta and whoever the main guy is in the Wonderful 101 is. Uh-huh. Um, I think they were people brought in by Nintendo because you could tell their outfits were very, very good. But needless to say, I think the girl maybe... I'm not saying the girl was big, but she was maybe just a wee bit too big for the outfit <laughs> because uh, our friend Haley went to get a picture with her and I'm in the queue with Robbie to play Pokemon. Is that um, who those two were? Yes. Oh, right, okay. I had no Bayonetta idea. Bayonetta and your man from Wonderful 101. I had no idea what they were from. I just thought they were just And if you, actually go, if you actually go and watch uh, <coughs> Robbie Rebel's uh, video on YouTube, um, you actually hear me in his video go, she's about to bust out of that. <laughs> because there's like literally where like some of the scenes you'd seen it popped in the back of them and you're like, oh, God. This, this is, she's just going to, like, her arse is too big for this. <laughs> she's you know, it's going to explode out of this outfit, and it's just like it'll be hilarious. But uh, what was I talking about, Ben? Yeah, no, <laughs> Did, didn't about arse leaky. Yeah, too busy um, getting ready to uh, play other Nintendo games to play Bayonetta Two. Unfortunately, um, sorry about that. You had Coaster Crazy Deluxe, which obviously is about roller coasters, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Delayed till next year. Delayed to twenty fourteen. Great, but not announced when I was there, so got my hopes up and dashed. Um, no, Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze was amazing. Um, from having played the Wii uh, version of the last game to playing the Wii U version of this, you just you're kind of flabbergasted at the, at the graphics. Mm-hmm. Now the Wii U's graphics are good, but they aren't going to be anywhere near a PS4 or Xbox One, but they're enough to really add that extra edge to Nintendo games and um, it just it was, it was beautiful so it was um, all the colours popped you know the dynamic of the levels were just completely different as well and uh, I know it doesn't matter that it's on the Wii U for this but the music is fantastic because they've brought back the original composer all right. from the very first SNES game Donkey Kong Country that's obviously where the best music was for it exactly so they've brought him back in to do the soundtrack <coughs> for it so the soundtrack was uh, brilliant and you got uh, there was a selection of about five levels that you could play from that's not bad from various points in the game you only got a chance to play a few of them you didn't get to play them all but um, I went back and played it a second time so I got to play a few more than most so I probably played about um, four of them. There was a minecart level. There was um, a level that was both land and water, which was good. Um, and you got to see the new enemies, which are like these Viking penguins and stuff. Okay. And walruses and stuff. Hence, it's called Tropical Freeze. Yeah. Um, but it's the very similar controllers to what it was on the Wii. You know, you still have to like shake your Wii remote and nunchuck to uh, like smash the ground and things like that so how do you do that if you're playing on the Wii U gamepad then um they didn't let us play it with the gamepad 
There was a gamepad there, but we didn't use the gamepad. It was nunchucks and uh, so they're just giving you a nunchuck and remote because they're easier. Probably to, easy to just let you play le- it. Less expensive if somebody yes. breaks it. Right. Um, I'm assuming the gamepad's going to be very similar to um, you know recently with the whole uh, Mario game where you could either play it on the gamepad or as an additional player, you know, like you know, do extra stuff to the levels. Yeah. That sort of thing. But yeah, Donkey Kong was very good. It's just a shame that they've now delayed it into uh, 2014. Rumour has it about February. Sounding like it's not too far away, but still, it's going to be missing out that Christmas time period, which could do them a wee bit of damage. Well, I don't, I don't think it will do. Because they've got Mario. I, I think that's why they're they're kind of hedging their bets on that, because then I don't think Mario Kart will come out till near enough this time next year. Like Aye. October, November time. What do you look for your drink behind you? Aye. I've moved my water. But I, I do agree that you think that Mario Kart's not going to come out until probably much later next year. I'd say it probably at the earliest, uh, the, towards the end of the summer. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, that's when about the fir- last Mario Kart came out was sort of summertime, because I remember that's when we got the. Because we did the best in the store that we got that go kart thing, and that happened in the no, summer. No, but that would have been Mario Kart 3DS would have been the last one. Oh, I'm talking about the Wii one. Oh, the Wii one, yeah. That it was a bit summer, wasn't it? Summertime, something like that. But no, I would say um, you probably won't get Mario Kart the next summer. There was no hint of that here, even though they have been um, demoing it at stores in the US. There was no signs yet at all. But uh, that uh, the Mario 3D Land was there. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was uh, pretty good, but kind of... It's Mario. You know, yeah. what, it, you know what it is. Um they showed you more stuff in the recent trailer on Nintendo Direct yesterday yeah like whenever you get a cherry you, like you multiply so then yeah. you have like four or five Mario's it's all bit, around but funky like isn't it yeah um, I do like the look of like it a, although it's I'd, like I'm, a Goomba disguise as well yeah although I'm not too fond of the cat uh, costume I think it was I Mario, think. Mario actually, actually meows yeah because you hear that at the end of the trailer you just hear going like, and you're like okay that's very strange um but why they why they couldn't have thought of something else rather than a cat? Why they couldn't have given like a dinosaur costume or something like that? Dinosaur would have been cool. You know, instead of a cat, was it just a case of someone who was sitting at home and the cat walked past him? Went, cat costume. Since we've had a bee, and we've had a raccoon, and we've had this, and we've had that. We'll do that instead. I know, but I don't know. But yeah, Mario is Mario. And uh, next up, Pokemon X and Y. Yay, fun times. Um, this was the first game I actually ended up playing at uh, Eurogamer and uh, Chris will tell you that um, I didn't play this game for about an hour and a half because I was busy in the line waiting and texting back and forth to him and uh, other folks Um, the line for Pokemon over the course of the weekend was actually ridiculous this is where I think there was maybe, I don't know whether this is for security purposes, lack of stuff or whatever by Nintendo, or just lack of foresight of popularity, <coughs> but there was only two machines to play Pokemon two? on. Two? Two. And you said that you had ten minutes? You had ten minutes. This is what I'm saying, right? When me and Robbie joined the queue for Pokemon X and Y, there was maybe only seven or eight people in front of us. Uh-huh. And you know, if you were in a queue like that, you're like, oh, I'll be in about... 10 minutes yeah no problems yeah it took me and Robbie an hour and a half to get to play that game because literally every single person got 10 minutes 
on the game. That's weird. And, I, and I'm the sort of person that if I was at the one of these sort of events, if I got five minutes of the game, I'd be happy and I'd move on. Whereas because everybody else took their full ten minutes, I took my full ten minutes. So that's it's just kind of one of those things. That's why it wasn't like a game fest because you had Mario Kart and you had four. Yes. And then Mario World, you had four. Now, fair enough, Resident Evil and Mario uh, Metal Gear Solid, you had one or two of them. But that was because they weren't official Nintendo titles. Exactly. Whereas with the official Nintendo titles, you had four of them. So to have two of them, I mean, how many were there for the likes of Donkey Kong and stuff? Was um, How many machines were there? Eight. Eight? And there was probably about eight for Wind Waker as well. That is very strange. I don't know if I just heard the doorbell ring or it's just my ears playing tricks on it. <laughs> But um, but no, two machines for Pokemon for a really anticipated game. So you have game. eight machines that have TVs that take yes. up more space than a portable console, exactly. and you can only do two of them. Literally, Pokemon, no offence to Nintendo, was a wee bit crammed in the corner. Mm. Um, well, that's sure, that's what I was But I have, to, I have to say, though, the um, and I did say this to um, our contact at Nintendo. Emily, Your contact? Contact. Oh, mate. Uh, at, Nin- at, at Nintendo, Emily, that uh, all the staff at the Nintendo stand were very, very good. They were all, you know, they were all really into what, you know, what they were talking about. And they were really, really knowledgeable as well. You know, not one person, you know, looked like they didn't want to be there. Yeah. Which is always a very, very good thing. Um, and uh, the two girls that were uh, there supervising the uh, Pokemon stand could you call it a stand? Probably not uh, uh, were very very good and uh, I was wearing you know my uh, Eat Sleep uh, yeah. Eat Video Games yeah. uh, t-shirt uh, she noticed it and said oh well I don't have to tell you anything about Pokemon because it's you're, you're right going by your shirt right. and I was like you're a smart one, you are. Will you marry me? <laughs> uh, but no, um, it was very, very good, and um, you know they were more than happy to answer the questions. But uh, the ten-minute demo for uh, Pokemon X and Y was very, very good. Um, you got to play a certain segment of a game, but you know it was like all pre-manipulated stuff for the demo, and mm-hmm. that the Pokemon you met aren't going to be in that area in the game, sort of thing. Right. Just to give you a bit of variety. That actual area is in the game, but you're meeting Pokemon that you know were like ex you know executor and stuff, and it's just like no, they won't be here because this is near like the you know the professor's lab. Yeah. And uh, played away through that. You got to have proper battles. You had three Pokemon in your team. You had uh, Chespin, which I was happy about because he's going to be my starter Pokemon. Um, you had. Uh, Sylveon, which is that new evolution of Eevee, the fairy type one, and then you had uh, Helioptile, which is like uh, like the uh, Helioptile. Helioptile, yeah. Oh my god! He's he's been announced for ages. He's like a, a wee electric lizard thing. He was actually quite cool. I was impressed by him. Um, he's rumored to have an evolution that hasn't been announced yet. But um, played with each of one of those in a battle. Got to see what they were like. Um, and then once. Um, I think it's once you reach about eight minutes, the game automatically takes over. If you're in the middle of a battle, it stops, and it takes you. And you talk to the professor, and he starts talking about whole you know mega evolutions and all that sort of stuff that are coming in in the new games. And he goes, you know, whether this is in the game or not or not it was just for the demo. But he says, you know, I believe in you, and I feel you can bring out the innermost power in this Pokemon. And he says, I trust you with Mewtwo. All right, and you're like. What? 
So it's like you, you, you're what you're giving me Mewtwo, which is like, and again, I say it in Robbie's videos, like you're trusting me with Mewtwo, the like last Pokemon that you go to capture in the original games, in the sense that you know it's the last legendary <coughs> that unlocks for you to go and capture, and you're like you're just giving it to me. And it's like what? But um, you go into a, a battle with him then, and you battle him, and you get to transform Mewtwo into Mega Mewtwo. And it's it's kind of quite awesome because the way you've been playing it, you know the way the setup is in the DS and the touchscreens where your attacks and stuff yeah. are. Um, your attacks and all are still there, but there's like this big red semicircle button that says Mega Evolve. So it's like you're pressing a red button to fire a missile. <laughs> and you just push that and it just goes. Psh, psh, you know, you select that, you select your attack, and it's and then like Mega Evolves, and you're like, yeah, this is this is this is pretty sweet. Does that stay there the whole battle then, or does no? He once he's once he's once he's mega evolved, the button disappears. All right, so it's just like while he's actually in the battle, he'll stay when like he, that when then. He, when he's in battle, he stays as mega evolved, but he when you first you know let him out of his pokeball to battle, yeah. he will be his normal form. He won't yeah. automatically turn into his mega evolution. You can decide when. All right. Okay. So you could battle away as normal Mewtwo all you want. And then halfway through the battle, just go all right, Mega Evolve time. You know, step it up a gear. Yeah. But then he'll stay Mega Evolved after that until the end of the battle. All right. Okay. Or whenever he dies. Or that'll be handy for like gym leaders and all that jazz. Exactly. Um, <coughs> but another nice new addition is that um, at the end of battles that you have with trainers, it isn't with. Um, I didn't notice it with actually facing uh, wild Pokemon. There's like end of battle animations now. So, like, the professor, when he lost, he just kind of slumped over and was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, just like, oh. And, you know, your guy goes like, yeah, like this, and, like, you know, pumps the air and all. It's like, it's it's nice. It's just nice wee teeny additions to it. Um, but um, there's rumours starting to come out now that you're actually going to have the ability to get one of each region starters in the game. Right. to do with this whole mega evolution thing oh, right. like, so you'd be able to get like us or what or whatever he's yeah so for example right you're going to, we all know that we're getting a Kanto part, you know, Pokemon so you're going to get either a squ you know, Squirtle Bulbasaur or Charmander Charmander for the win oh. so and just today there was announced that he's going to have two forms and now already people are kicking up with Blastoise and Venusaur better have like different editions and stuff like that now don't get me wrong I would like it if there was other versions of it but I'm not going to break my heart if there isn't because to be quite honest uh, Blastoise looks awesome enough in his Mega Evolution, in my opinion. Um, I'm not worried if there's another version of him or anything like that. But um, <coughs> then you're going to have the options to have like the Johto guys. So you could ha you know end up with like uh, Cyndaquil or uh, something like that, or Totodile. Uh, then, like you're saying, um, you could have Oshobot if you wanted, or there's going to possibly be the idea that then you could get uh, like Mudkip and all as well. So any of like the starter Pokemons from all the regions are potentially going to be obtainable in this game which is like crazy and the reason that this is all being thought that this is possible is because Pokemon have brought back the gotta catch em all catchphrase because it disappeared after like the third generation because so many Pokemon were now in existence that's true because we've got posters in that have like I'll have to get you uh, one of each it has like the blue and red Pokemon mm -hmm. and it has the black and white ones and it has the other ones so yes. it has like all the Pokemon that are available in each one yeah. so it shows you like all yeah. 600 and I really think this is almost going to be like a Pokemon Greatest Hits game yeah like all the more popular ones 
Because if you think about it, right, it's Pokemon X and Pokemon Y, but what colour are the logo? Red and blue. Yeah, true. You and know, then the, the consoles are red and blue. Exactly. Yeah. So there's something going on here that I don't think. And then with the Pokemon of. Origins thing, which Pokemon is the Origins, which is to do with red and blue. Yeah. And then obviously now it's a case of that's coming out like November twelfth, is it? Yes, on and the Pokemon app. Pokemon TV, so it means you don't have to worry about. But trying you know to that's it. you know that's actually how this new Charizard was announced. Was that in? The Origins, mm-hmm. spoilers everybody, um, in the Origins, the way we see in the trailer for Origins that uh, red picks the Charmander and yeah. blue picks Squirtle, you see his Charizard in a scene mega evolve into this black Charizard with the blue flames. Okay. Um, I haven't seen the footage of it but there's just there was a screen Aye, capture. Because he's, he's fire and dragon type. Mm-hmm. So everybody's finally got what they want with Charger. You've got a fire and flipping dragon type cameo <coughs> knickers now, everybody. He just looks old with those like whisker things. He does. He lo- that's, what, that's the first thing I thought. It was like he reminds me of like this old sort of sensei ninja. It's just yeah. like he's got like he's going to start twirling his flames <laughs> out, of his, out of his mouth. But um, no, Pokemon was fantastic. So um, I'll try not to ramble anymore about that. We'll move on. I say. I was going to say because we're near the fifty minute mark. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we're only on the second page oh my um, lord but spent about 10 minutes rambling about Pokemon there so it won't be that bad um, let's see um, I don't think I'm going to start listing ones that I didn't really bother to play or didn't look at so that'll keep us going a wee bit quicker uh, Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds um, not one that I'm overly interested in no um, but it was kind of cool the whole promotion stuff that was going on for it around the event because uh, when we got off the bus from the airport and uh, we're walking along the roads, the bridge that you cross over to get to Girls Court had, you know, link stuff, you know, like link transfers on the bridge and all, it was mm. like promo stuff. So that was cool. But um, I think the one that kind of the one Zelda game everybody was more interested in at the event was Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker HD. Yeah. I had to be extremely careful after you telling me that thing earlier. Yes somebody's dodgy spelling on ebay yep. um but yeah legend of zelda wind waker this was actually really well set up at the nintendo bay that's one thing i do have to give nintendo <coughs> for this event was everything their area was confined enough but the stuff they had set up was very very good mm-hmm. and um they had an area in the middle of it as well that if you wanted to interview somebody from nintendo it was like a soundproof area Oh right, that's cool. It was like a room that there was like a see-through door, and you could see people with their cameras and talking to people inside it during the day. Uh So it was. I thought that was a really, really cool idea. Nowhere else had that. But uh, Wind Waker was set up cool. It had its screens, and smack bang though in the middle was a GameCube version. All right. So you had about four screens to the left, four screens to the right of Wind Waker HD, and then one booth in the middle that you could play the original version on GameCube. But the thing, it's cool when you were standing back and watching it and seeing them getting played side by side and going, whoa. Yeah, know, seeing the difference. The effort that's went into these yeah. to you know, bring it up to the HD quality. Um, this is going to be very, very popular. There's no real doubts about that. Because I think there's a whole group of people never bothered to get Wind Waker. Yeah, plus the, the fact that there's a limited edition one that comes with the Ganondorf statues. Mm-hmm. And the fact is now there's just three premium skews which is with Nintendo Land with that Wind Waker and then with Lego City which is out like in later on in October right 
Um, so that's the three SKUs. But mm. the Zelda one that you get with the thing is a download. It's not a physical not a copy physical. like you got with this the is Nintendo This is a way land. that Nintendo were going now with consoles, is that if you're due to get a game, instead of it being in the box and taking up more space, it's just a digital download. Or it's preloaded onto exactly. like with the Mario Kart or Animal Crossing exactly. ones. But that, that's handy enough because it just means then that you... You basically you can't trade it in, and yeah. you, you know like that's the game that a lot of people wanted. You know, like but at the I, end of the day, a lot of these ones are coming in at a price that isn't overly dearer than the actual console itself. Yeah, because I saw Play.com were selling it for two hundred with the Zelda thing, which is not just steel, which is just really really good. And you get the funky uh, gamepad, which has like the livery of Zelda, like the spirally gold stuff. I don't know end. about that to be honest with you. It's not think, my cup of tea. No, like, I but think I know, I, I know one person that would be somebody's I think cup it's of tea. Very, but, you know. um, it's nowhere near to the power of what they did with it, like the 3DS. 3DS was gorgeous. Um, Zelda one. 3DS was gorgeous. But, um, no, it's going to be good, but uh, we all, you know, for the Wii U, we all just want a proper Zelda game announced, to be quite honest. Yes. Um, Wonderful 101. My goodness, it's crazy. Is it? it is absolutely crazy. Just so much going on. It's a cool wee game. Um, but again, I'm not sure whether it'd be my cup of tea. Um, you can definitely tell that it's kind of Japanese influenced. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and as I said, there was that person dressed up as the main character from <coughs> about the place. Um, but there was enough people playing it. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, before we started recording, uh, Just Dance Four. I didn't see it at all during the whole weekend. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't find it. Yeah. It was a really weird one. It was you know it was meant to be up near Call of Duty, and I just could not find it at all. Uh, Killer Instinct. Now, this is the next uh, couple of ones that I mentioned that are Xbox titles. This is where you see a difference in attitude between Xbox and PlayStation, right? Right. Killer Instinct, Connect Sports Rivals, <coughs> uh, Dead Rising. All of those were Xbox One demoed games. Mm-hmm at this event and all of them were behind walls you had to queue and then you got in the cubicle and you played it so it was almost like a state secret kind of thing yes whereas the playstation area was completely open they had nothing to hide which makes you wonder about the attitudes yeah it's like are xbox worried do they not want anything seen you know, in the run up, it's a, it just it smells a bit funky. Yeah, there's just something not quite right there. Um, didn't play Killer Instinct, but the queue for it was quite long as well. I think, I think that's the other thing that kind of stood out for me was that with the PlayStation games, they were all in like this one big best way to kind of describe it, like a playpen, mm-hmm. like one big area you queued up for that area, and you got into it, and then you went and played. All the games. Whereas Xbox, you didn't have to queue up individually. Whereas Xbox was all separate. Yeah, you didn't have to queue up individually like the Xbox stuff. You had to then, you know, you could have spent went and spent, you know, four or five hours waiting to queue up and play three of the Xbox One games. Mm-hmm. Yet you can maybe spent an hour in the queue to get into the PlayStation area, and then you maybe only had to wait ten minutes on getting on a game. So drastically different in that aspect. Um, Killzone Shadowfall was absolutely chocker block in the PlayStation area. It was really, really popular. Um, I think 
it was the longest queue in the PlayStation. I think it was about forty minutes. Right. So it was. So it was. It was. It took me quite a bit of surprise. I didn't play it because I went to everything that didn't really have a queue um, as much. Um, but from seeing it, it looked really impressive. From what everybody's seen as well from E three, it looks like it's going to be a very popular multiplayer game for uh, the PS four. Um, and graphically, it's it's just outstanding. Um, next up, and it's still raining here. It's terrible weather. Yeah. Um, is Knack, and Knack has to be my wee surprise of the show. I really enjoyed playing Knack. Um, I think I might have been disappointed if I hadn't enjoyed it because, you know, it's from the guy who originally created Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. So you and you can kind of get a sense of that. Yeah. So you can and the good thing with the Knack demo was it kind of did a wee bit like Donkey Kong in that you played different levels it's like you played you know it took you through you know the game and you got kind of a level from the start kind of a level the next part level from the middle level from towards the end so you got to experience Knack at different amounts of power so because the whole thing behind Knack is that he's like you know all these particles like he can absorb particles and grow bigger and stronger yeah so you got the experience of him at all sizes you got the experience of him at his smallest his biggest um but you'd be playing through the demo when you get to a certain point in the level and it would just fade to black and then it would fade up into color again and go you know level two three Mm -hmm. and then you get to the end of that and fade out again fade back and say level uh five two stuff like that so you just and it was probably a de- that demo probably got about 15 minutes so it was very very good and I'll tell you I was only playing at normal difficulty some of it was hard I actually really I was really surprised I was expecting to walk in to be a cakewalk yeah. and it really wasn't but it was fun and that's the more important thing well, about it um, so I actually think it's probably going to be a game I'll end up picking up at launch possibly um, for the PS4 it was uh, it was good so um it's definitely going to be a wee bit like Crash Bandicoot. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or an adult, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Which has been, I think maybe something that it's something consoles that have been missing. I was going to say, apart from the likes of Nintendo, you can't really name a really big platform game Yeah. Um, on the PlayStation or Xbox that's been released. Like, that is Lego. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of Lego, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes. It's actually quite fun. And well, Lego games are always yeah, fun. Yeah, but I think I'm maybe just that wee bit biased because I got to play as Iron Man yeah, in Lego form. So that was game cool. Game of the show before um, me, probably. <laughs> no, 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 not game of the show. Um, <clears throat> but no, it was really, really good. Um, you know, If you've played the likes of the Lego Batmans and all that sort of stuff, you know what to expect from it. But um, I can really see this being quite a popular title in the run-up to Christmas with the kids. Good stuff. So I can. So uh, yeah, if you're a Marvel fan, old or young, go and get that. Um, Lightning Returned, which is another Final Fantasy one. Uh, uh, not my cup of tea. Sorry, Natalie. Um, let's see. Next, 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 next. Uh, the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot is hilarious. That's that one that we saw at E3. That was like the really weird one, like that. Um, it was like the guy talking to like the camera crew. Oh yes, yes. That one. Yeah. It was actually quite cool, but it's going to be subscription based. Alright. So, um, unfortunately, about that. Uh, Need for Speed Rivals. Um, Need for Speed. Kind of, what do you expect? 
Um, Pro Evolution Soccer uh, didn't go and play it. It was dead. Its stand was dead. It was already out. So its stand was dead. Simply because, like you're saying, it's out. Uh, there was a new Ratchet and Clank getting shown. Didn't play it. Um, there was Rocksmith 2014, which was announced at E3. Um, it was quite funny. They did competitions during the day, you know, for people getting the best score, and you could win a guitar and stuff like that, an actual guitar. So that was cool. Um, Rise Son of Rome again uh, suffered the Xbox One syndrome and was behind walls. Um, that's that one from E3 that you're just like, oh, quick time events, how exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, then uh, The Shield was there also. Uh, Sierra Hotel in the Echo, Echo Limo, Fat Delta, even. Fandango. Fandango. Um, yeah, didn't play it. Uh, Sims 4. Wow, yes, exciting. Yes. yes the yes, order yes. for next year. Exactly. September or whatever <clears throat> it is. But it actually had, Sims 4 actually had a reasonably big presence and it was popular enough. Now here's a really surprising one that was here, Surgeon Simulator, uh, twenty thirteen. This made use of Oculus Rift, so people were sitting in their chairs with their like VR visor down, and they're like using their hands like this, and they're like moving their hands on screen. And there's like scalpels and stuff like that. Oh it's really God. funky. You know this. You know the stuff that you've seen in you know movies and TV shows over the last yeah, 20 years this, is like, this yeah. is like the future of gaming and it's like it's now actually here and you're like what is this craziness um, bit of a weird game to demo it on then you had World of Tanks as well which had a crazy huge stand and you're like what is going on here but they actually played awesome music the entire weekend it's like if you were in the area of it you were just hearing this big rock music and every now and again you would just hear like ACDC back and black kick in it's just like yes this is cool um, but again I'm biased because that's Iron Man music right okay that is going to do it for the main floor just a few more games to go and then that is going to be us uh, we move our attention to the 18 plus area uh, <clears throat> first up Battlefield 4 Whatever they were doing at the Battlefield 4 area on a regular basis was uh, crazy because there's just times you'd be at another game and you just hear like, hoorah, like this, and the whole crowd's flipping going hoorah, and you're like, what is going on over there? So they're obviously doing the whole, you know, you are soldiers thing, you know, yeah. you will respond to our command, and oh, um, got to see it going. It looked uh, rather impressive as well, I think. It and the likes of uh, Killzone are going to be. Um, I think very pleasant surprises come the next gen consoles. Um, sorry, Call of Duty lovers, but it's the truth. Um, it it was impressive looking. Um, you Dark Souls two up there. It was one of the quieter ones upstairs. Um, but like I said, Dead Rising three was meant to be on this floor, but Dead Rising ended up down in the bottom floor. So already really addressed it as part of the Xbox issue. Um, as you were saying before we went on air, Payday 2's already been out. Um, Titanfall Q. Oh. My. Lord. I think people were waiting probably two hours to get in to play Titanfall. Mind, again, the word coming out of Titanfall, I didn't bother because it was going to be a two-hour queue. But people were absolutely loving it. But I don't personally think that's going to be a console seller. No, it's not. It wouldn't sell a console to me. No, it's just like Transformers and Call of Duty mesh together, in my opinion. I'm sure it's going to be a cracking game, but um, it's not, to me, an Xbox One seller. It wouldn't make me want to buy an Xbox One no. uh, right out the bat. 
uh, Ninja Gaiden Z, exciting. Uh, you had a new Wolfenstein game, the new Order. Um, Watch Dogs was there, but it was again Watch Dogs. I don't know what's going on here with Ubisoft and Watch Dogs. Um, but not a single expo have they let anybody actually play it. I suppose because of the amount of stuff they have in it, the amount of um, like different things you could do. Yeah. I suppose if you play that, then it kind of you could find it. you could find something yeah, that you're so not meant I think, to find. I think I think it's more to keep it under mm -hmm. close scar because it's a highly anticipated game. So yeah. if it leaks out that you know, like oh, you could do this in it, then that's kind of ruined it for so many people. Yeah. Um, the demo was really, really good. The game looked fantastic. Uh, I think the only letdown was the fact that the guy actually playing the demo was crap. He was absolutely rubbish. I could have done a better job just being thrown into it and saying, go do something. Go do this mission. Um, we were told it was his first time playing that section of the game. But you're a Ubisoft employee that's involved with the game. I would like to think you wouldn't die twice in quick succession. Um... But no, yeah, what we saw was very, very good. And to actually see them use the whole... You've seen it in the trailers, the whole blackout thing where you can yeah. just turn all the lights out thing. To see it actually getting used in actual gameplay was actually quite exciting. Um, but uh, last and no means least is Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. Flag. And uh, Flag. Uh, this had to have one of the most impressive setups and stands um, of the event. Um, needless to say, they had the most TV screens. They had about four um, big rows set up with seats, and I think there was about 10 TV screens on each side, so each one of those had 20 TVs, so I think there was about 80 seats in a run-through. Well, lower. So this is what I was saying to you earlier about Batman bringing you in one by one. Yeah. What the Ubisoft guys did for Assassin's Creed was you all got in the queue, you all went in at the same time, you sat down for about 10-15 minutes, you played the game, you all left at the same time. So the queue went reasonably quick, yeah, quick. as a result. Yeah. It was a very smart setup that they did that. Um, all running on PS4s. So it was so got to actually... Um, that was my first experience of the PS4 controller, which was very, very nice, very comfortable. Um, not too different to a PS3 controller, but just enough that it feels uh, rather nice to the touch. Um, the touchpad is cool because it does work as a start-stop uh, button, and when you're on the maps for Assassin's Creed 4, you can use it like a touch screen. You can scroll um, through the maps and such, but the Assassin's Creed guys literally... The good thing about this in comparison to the Batman stuff was, you know, the Batman thing was a demo. You went from point A to point B. You played it like that. Yeah. Whereas the reason they could bring everybody in in one fell swoop and out in one fell swoop was the demo was literally they just plonked you in the middle of the Caribbean with your ship and said, go do stuff. Yeah. Go do what you want. Free roam. No limitations off you in. So the first time I played this twice, once on the first day, once on the second day, first time I just messed about with the boat and started shooting things and boarding ships and taking over ships and all and it was great whereas on the second day I thought right I'm going to switch this up I'm going to go and try and find a quick mission that I can do Yeah. and so I was able to get the boat to an nearest island you know I was about to say parked the boat um, but uh, went jumped on the island 
and uh, got a quick assassination mission which you had to try and find the guy in the island found him he'd ran ahead of me and he manages to get on his boat yeah. to pier and starts taking off on his boat so I, you have to run back across the island onto your boat and take off on your boat after him and all it's kind of like a flipping uh, 18th century Grand Theft Auto mission <laughs> uh, where you have to chase after the guy in a car but uh, that was very uh, very fun and that's again where the word came out about it just runs so smoothly and if you think the graphics in like of Grand Theft Auto 5's water and such like that that sort of graphics is good it's not going to touch anything like the next gen consoles with Assassin's Creed 4 so it's definitely one and it's quite funny that two of the games that I am looking forward to playing on next gen are from Ubisoft um, Watch Dogs and uh, Assassin's Creed 4 are going to be a big uh, pick up for me uh, when it comes to the next gen consoles so, so that's everything with <laughs> you have gone and everything would you go back or would you go back if it was better organised that's hard um, if it was better organised and there was more stuff along the lines of Game Fest for press yes but at this current moment in time I probably wouldn't go back it's a great event I would recommend you to go and enjoy it but from everything I've spoke to with other people they say that this year was a big letdown to previous years mm -hmm. in terms of organisation and the extra tickets they sold they said there was probably about an extra 50% of people there on the days than previous years so that's why queues were so long oh, they right. basically had sold far more tickets than they right. normally did Okay. so, so that was part of the disadvantage just trying to fill their boots then pretty much they knew it was going to be popular because of the next gen consoles that was the main reason I wanted to go to this was because there was the next gen consoles there and I wanted to see you know am I making the right decision by actually going and wanting yeah. a PS4 and it's fair to say coming out of this that indeed the PS4 does look like the uh, right console to go for good stuff so uh, trying to think what I would give game of the show to um I would probably give Game of the Show to Assassin's Creed 4 but I would give um, you know kind of you've got, your, you've, got your you've got your stand of the show and you've got your Game of the Show and you've got your disappointment of the show fair enough okay well Assassin's Creed definitely gets the best um, I would probably say Knack would get kind of like the best surprise okay you know pleasantly surprised sort of the way we were when we were at Game Fest that Resi yeah Resi was kind of like you know you're thinking it was going to be good but it yeah. really uh, shone itself and then when you actually played the game it was really really bad uh, too short um, but yeah not got best surprise disappointment of the show ooh I'm trying to think probably Xbox in terms of their setup okay you know no particular game I'm not going to single out a game but just kind of like the Xbox attitude in terms of yeah everything's <coughs> singly and behind closed doors Right. So okay. uh, that's Eurogamer Expo 2013, everybody. So I hope you've enjoyed the ramblings for about an hour and ten minutes here. I feel enlightened. I'm sure you do. I'm hungry. <laughs> and he's hungry. So uh, that'll do it for episode 64 here of Operation Retroshock, everybody. Um, we will be back with you a lot sooner than... Uh, you know it has been we are sorry for the number of weeks 
break but uh, sadly uh, illness and work and other stuff just got in the way so as always I've been Alan Price I've been Chris Vint and we shall see you next time for uh, episode 65 farewell bye